Welcome to the Social Propertypreneur Podcast. And here is your host, social media queen, property investor, and entrepreneur, Laura Muse. Welcome, everybody. Um, this morning, I've got Andy Thomas, who is a whiz at creative strategies. And he's very, very kind that this morning he's going to share with you a lovely lot how you can use alternative strategies to take control of property, how you can use that to um, basically secure an asset and pay for it at a later date and all sorts of other wonderful tips. So I'm going to hand you straight over to Andy. So yeah, Andy Thomas. Thanks, darling. Thanks. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, everyone. Happy to be here. Absolutely loving it. So yes, uh, so I'm Andrew Thomas. I'm one of three directors of Blue Oak. Uh, I've been in property for about 15 years. Um, yeah, I've got a portfolio over in Liverpool, uh, which I started many, many years ago. And yeah, I got into creative strategies, if you call it like, you know, lease options about two, back end of 2009. Um, and I was coming from a traditional sort of cash buying background, mortgage background. And then, you know, someone showed me a lease option contract. I read the contract and I was like, this can't be real. I can control a property and the equity and the income of property with a piece of paper. So I was like, I need to get this checked out. So off I went to three different sets of solicitors, gave them the contract that I had. They read it. They said, it's a bit, you know, wishy-washy, but we pad it out with our own, you know, bits. But if you can get a vendor to sign this, this, you know, this piece of paper with some other bits in place, yeah. you go for your life. I was like, amazing. So I took that concept and I ran with it. And I took my portfolio from mid-teens up to 134 properties oh, using wow. creative strategies. So, and that was chaos um, for many, many years. It was good. Earned a lot of money, had a lot of fun, learned a lot. Um, and yeah, and, and I still use them to this day. I still use creative strategies today. I don't, I, I don't uh, control any more. I don't have any more lease option or rent to rent properties in my portfolio. Um, but I still do a lot of assisted sales. So my portfolio is in Liverpool, unencumbered. But I used creative strategies to pay off the debt on my portfolio just by constantly asking the question, being able to spot them. So I'm going to run through what they are how to use them. I'm going to show you some live examples of deals that I've done that I'm currently doing, the contracts that I've used. I'll give you my top tips. And then if, I don't know if Laura can see the feed, if there's any questions, you know. I'll keep an eye on questions. Yeah, just, so just fire out. We're streaming on a few different channels, so I will try my very best. Amazing. We'll see what anyone can, anyone can, anyone, any coming afterwards, I'm happy to answer afterwards. Oh, anyway, thank so. you. All right. So, come on, slide. Work. We're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. Okay. <laughs> So what is a creative strategy? So a creative strategy is um, a lease option. All heard of lease options, yeah. um, a rent to rent, assisted sales, property trading, and planning gain. So they're the, they're the five strategies I'm going to talk about today. Okay, so you've probably all heard of them and I'm going to sort of, you can all, you can pretty much use the same contract in sort of different combinations to secure all these types of strategies and profit from property. Okay, so this is what I'm going to talk about today. So what is a lease option? First and foremost, lease option. It's a legal agreement between a vendor or property owner and the buyer, that's you, where you agree a purchase price with the vendor uh, on a property or properties. Okay, the price is fixed for an agreed amount of time. You can do this for any amount of time. The sweet spot is, you know, usually between five to seven years. But each deal is individual. It's as individual as the property and as also the vendor that you're dealing with. So that's up for you to negotiate at the time. And it just has to make sure it's a win-win 
um, for, for all parties involved. Usually there's three parties involved, by the way. There's usually the mortgage company, the property owner, and yourself. Try and get a win-win for all three parties. You won't, you won't go far wrong. Okay, so a monthly amount is also agreed with a lease option. Sometimes it just, just covers the mortgage. Sometimes there's a profit um, for the vendor or a payment top-up as well. So I've done them where I'm literally just covering the mortgage because the vendors have just been like, take that headache away. Um, other times the vendor still wants to, you know, he's put the hard work. They've done the hard work. You know, they've saved up the money, put in a deposit, bought the property, managed it. Things have maybe not gone so right in their life and maybe they don't want to be a landlord anymore, but they still have a right to, you know, get a bit of profit from the property. So, and if you're getting into, you know, a property for no deposit and none of that bit, you need to be quite sympathetic to a vendor's needs. I think, Can I, I think, just ask you a question? Of course, my love. Um, lease options, do you feel it's a strategy that's it's a case of somebody um, is under a little bit of pressure to sell the property that a lease option, uh, uh, offload the property that a lease option is a is a better way of acquiring a property? Or Sometimes for me, it's just that sometimes a lot of people, you know, the, the uninitiated, shall we say, they just don't realise that there are other options. Some people yeah. might be like, you know, at the moment, you know, once we come out of this, there'll be a lot of people seeing paper losses you know, on the, the portfolio. So the panic, they're like, oh, I need to sell, I need to sell. You don't, you're not, you're not losing, you're only, you're not losing money. You're just seeing figures on the screen reduce. But if you can offer a lease option and say, look, you don't have to sell. Let's just control the asset. I'll take over the hassle for you. And once it comes out, let's agree a price. You don't have to lose money. So it's about educating, you know, the vendors and the people who don't know, you know, people who aren't sitting on webinars like this on a Wednesday morning you know, and initiating. It's, it's your job to understand these concepts and be able to explain it in layman's terms and just yeah. sort of say, there is another option. You don't have to sell and technically lose money. You know, markets go in cycles. We've just had, you know, a really, really long run of a really nice market. Yeah. Someone un undercuts a bat and, you know, away we go. And, and, and now we're sort of facing this and we've all had the rug pulled from out from under our feet. So, yeah, sometimes it is a, it's, it's a better option for them. Just to actually say, you know, if you sell now, you will lose money. If you work with me over the next three to five, seven, whatever years, you could end up coming out clean. And I'm like, oh, but I, no, I've just, I'm, I'm, I've had enough. I've had enough. Okay, well, look, your phone will never ring. I'm going to take over the financial responsibility, the management of the property. Your phone will never ring. You'll never have a void. You'll never have to deal with a tenant. I'll deal with voids. I'm taking on the hassle and we'll revisit it in three to five years time. We'll make sure you don't lose some money. How does that sound? And that's it. Yeah. That's lease options. That's creative strategies. It's just cool. being able to explain it in that word. Don't say lease options on appointments. I'm going to get into that at the end when yeah. I do give you some tips. But yeah, um, I think it's a fantastic you know way. You can really really help people once you understand this strategy. Uh, strategy. Sorry, <laughs> only had one coffee this morning. So yeah. So the buyer. So I just said the buyer assumes full financial control of the property, all bills, taxes, insurance. I have, a, I have had instances where, you know, uh, a buyer will you negotiate di different terms. I have personally never done a deal where I have not taken on full financial responsibility of the property. Yeah. My argument would be for this, some people are doing it because they need to make profit. My argument would be that if the deal is that tight that you can't afford the, you know, the council tax or a bill on the property, it's probably not a deal. Oh, so I, I just, you know, when I'm looking at a deal, I know there's plenty of profit for me to cover. You know, I, I just work out that's the bottom line. What's my profit after everything taken out? Bills, taxes, voids, insurance, everything. What is, you know, what, yeah. you know, maintenance and everything else. Can I make money on that? If I can, 
let's press go. And you're just taking off that hassle. You're just removing that that niggly thing from the head. They haven't got to worry about a thing. And Do you have a minimum to... that you'll expect to make profit from? It used to be, so for a lease options, when I, I, I married up lease options with HMOs very well. So I, I, aimed, for, I aimed for no less than £800 net um, out of a property. I did that very well. I mean, this was back in the, the good old days in the Wild West you know, when you know you, <laughs> you could get this, and um, you know it, it was it wasn't as regulated, shall we say, as it was now. But you know, I'm not saying I, you know I stuffed you know 27 people in one house or anything like that. You know, it was one person to a room, but it was still you know I could still make money back then. And don't forget, this was coming out of the recession when interest rates were still really low. Yeah. There was a lot of motivated portfolio landlords. I was taking on portfolios oh, at wow. once. And so I was able to, they were in a mess, don't get me wrong, they were upside down, there were voids, there was all kinds of, you know, nightmares, you know, in there. So I had to go and spend a, spend a lot of money to turn the portfolios around. But, you know, one portfolio ended up with over 20 HMOs out of it. Um, oh, wow. So, you know, for, for a long time, that was it. I had like, I had 26, 26 HMOs uh, at one point, <laughs> managing them all myself. I was the oh. viewing's clerk, <laughs> the viewing's clerk, the, you know, the bed maker, the, the, debt collector you name it I did there wasn't a there wasn't a part of the my business I didn't work on um growing it but I very quickly sort of put in um strategies obviously to, to distance yeah. myself from that now because I would have ended up strangling a tenant so we would have had any hair left Andy let's do that way <laughs> Ooh, and I've got this I might as well share it with you, you know open, this is what's going on this is why I'm wearing caps people I don't care anymore so <laughs> so um, I had a shower for this though, at least. That's nice. I put a shirt on. I've been living in my gym gear. Just living, I've just put a shirt on. I put, I put jeans on yesterday the first time. I was like, oh, just doesn't feel oh, right. I did that. I did that the other day. And I, like, I thought I'd lost quite a bit of weight. Then I put my jeans on. I'm like, oh, didn't expect that. <laughs> These jeans have shrunk again. <laughs> yeah, damn you, jeans. <laughs> they shrunk in the wardrobe. <laughs> uh, where was that? Point five. Oh, so you also assume responsibility of the maintenance so if you sign that contract and the boiler goes bang the next day that's on you baby you've got to sort that out so in order for the buyer to be able to collect the rent and keep the profit it must also have a management contract in place so that needs to coincide with it so for a lot of years i just did did it with a lease option didn't have a management contract in place i was just running around doing deals all over liverpool um got away with it you know not got away with it Look, I went into it ethically with the right approach. I just didn't yeah. know. I just wasn't fully educated. I didn't know you needed the management contract. And I was like, ah, right. Because the management contract, um, the lease option takes care of the actual, the, the property, the, um, you know, the price, the equity, what the buyer and seller can and cannot do. What the management contract do is allow you to collect the rent and also keep any profits over and above the agreed price that you've agreed with the vendor and also allows you to do any work on the property as well, which is very, very important. So, yeah, so you need the management contract if you're keeping a lease option over a long, a long term. Um, for security, a restriction is also placed at a land registry using an RX1 or an AM1. Both very, very similar. I always use an RX1. You can get these, you can download these directly from the land registry, but to be honest, get, give it to a solicitor. Let's do it. For many years, I filled these out myself. It's not something you want to risk getting wrong. The solicitor will charge you whatever they charge you, 200 pounds. Trust me, get a solicitor to do it. It'll be done right. You'll sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> that's a restriction at the land registry so that means that should the vendor wake up one morning and have an evil genius laugh like <laughs> i'm going to sell this property behind andy's back as soon as the solicitors do their searches 
you know, if you're wondering what they do, what those searches entail, they'll go on the land registry and they'll say, who the heck is Andrew Thomas? We need his permission to sell this property. So that's what a restriction is. Very, very important that you get that. Um, in some cases, you use a power of attorney. Now, power of attorney is a very powerful document. So use with caution. I've known vendors to be spooked by this in the past because you think power of attorney, you've got power over my entire estate. It's not the case. Um, just use it with caution. Okay. If it's a big, messy deal, um, like the ones I love, get a power of attorney in place. If it's, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith and the China teacup set, you know, maybe you don't need a power of attorney. Just get some robust paperwork in place. Make sure everyone's, you know, um, legally represented and you can still do the deals. So just, you know, don't be just getting power of attorneys out in people's, you know, lounges while you're eating the, the hobnobs. Make sure that, you know, you've got, um, make sure you, you just, you, you know, implement some common sense with the power of attorney. And speak to your solicitor. Some solicitors will, you know, say you need a power of attorney. Others don't. Um, but yeah, for the bigger deals, definitely. I'm going to show you some examples of some bigger deals where I'm using power of attorney. So the buyer has the option to buy, but not the obligation. It is a lease option. So you have the option to buy at any time, but not the obligation. So you can walk away at any time and you can put in the terms and conditions that you have a termination clause where you can um, cancel the option at any time in writing by giving X amount of months notice. The sweet spot there is anything between two to six months. Bigger deals, you probably find it's six months. Um, slightly smaller ones, usually two months is fine. The buyer cannot walk away from this deal unless they want to go through a very, very messy court case. But it ever gets to the stage in a deal where the, 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 the seller is looking to take you to court, you've done something wrong. It should never go that. You're in, once you get into a lease option with someone, you you kind of enter into a JV. They are very, hopefully, a very silent partner. You don't want them chipping in all the time. You want to be taking over this deal and running it as your own. Um, but make sure you keep them informed. It's nice to keep them informed. You know, like I said, they put, probably put a lot of work into this. There may be some emotional attachment. It could be an old family home. You know, be emphatic of the, you know, their feelings and their needs and make sure you just, you, you're doing, you're structuring the deal in the right way. I've never, I've personally never heard of it. I, like I've said, I've been involved in over a thousand property transactions in the last 15 years from back from when I was a mortgage broker up until now. I've never had even an inkling of someone say we're going to court because it just never happens. I've had many tenants threaten to take me to court. Not one has <laughs> taken me to court, <laughs> taken plenty of them to court and I have a hundred percent success rate. So, but that's why it's it's really important that you set your stall out from the start. You're very clear on your intentions and build that relationship with that with that vendor. Yeah, absolutely. It is it. You're building a relationship, and and there will be nerds. You know, if you've not heard of you know things like you know if you're dealing with a, a landlord or a professional investor, um, you know they'll probably understand it. They'll have seen people like this before. You know, if it's if it's Mr. And Mrs. Smith who you know you know paid off the mortgage 25 years ago and you know they're not really understanding what's going on and then you've got to try and explain you know explain it to their son or daughter or a another family member then you know it's you've just got to make sure that you can explain you don't have to get into the inner workings of the contract you just need to be able to explain the the highlight reel you know what the contract does and then you just be like look that's what i want to do don't take my word from it i'm just some tall bearded you know placky scouser in your house <laughs> Let me introduce you to a solicitor who's going to give you the legal advice. They're going to, you know, confirm that everything I've said is completely legal, completely above board. I'm going to cover your legal fees and we can proceed with this deal as soon as you need to. Yeah. Just because so. we've just mentioned it, Andy, mm. um, solicitors, is there anyone that you particularly recommend? Because obviously when a lot of people in property approach their regular solicitor, they've got no clue of what this is. Yeah. 
there's a couple i mean i i <laughs> i can't recommend recommend my solicitor because she's too busy doing my stuff and she said please do not recommend me that's her saying it. it's not me <laughs> that's not me trying to keep pam to myself no, that's right. well there's like ms law ms law i would say you know they're one of the original guys you know yeah. they've got a big firm they've got plenty of you know guys in there andrew brown's very good one of the partners um they know what they're doing and that what they'll also have is they'll have a they'll be able to recommend a solicitor that can recommend rep, that can represent the vendor. Well, we've used Sam Hawkins before, so for that okay. we've used MS Law for ourselves and, and Sam Hawkins for the other party. So and they do work really well. So for anyone's listening, that's kind of who I personally recommend anyway. Yeah, yeah, happy with that. You know that's that's good. Just get it done and make sure you get the vendor legally represented um, as yeah. well in all in all instances. Um, I have done it in the past where I haven't done it. And it's been like, you know, I've been dealing with, a, you know, four four vendors who owned a portfolio together. Three of them were mortgage brokers and finance guys. I can't remember what the other guy did. I think he was an estate agent or letting agent. And I was like, guys, you know, there's 44 properties here. Do we really need 44? Lots of legal advice. Do you understand what's going on? Yes. Doing okay. Everyone happy to sign a waiver? Yes. All right. Let's crack on. That's me. I don't recommend you do it. Get legal advice. <laughs> Learn from me, not from my mistakes that worked out really well, but, you know, get legal advice. Trust me. Where I've won, I can lead. Where I've failed, I can guide. So, um, but always get legal advice. It's just, you'll sleep at night for the cost of it as well. Yeah. You know, it's just worth, it's just worth doing it. Um, the buyer can walk away anytime. Yeah, I've done that. And the seller cannot block the sale. They just can't. They've signed that paperwork. You can force the sale at any time. You have the option to buy it. You can either buy it yourself in a traditional way and you go through the actual house buying process or you can reassign the option and sell it on the open market and profit from the sale. Incredibly powerful. Okay. Yeah. Next strat to G, <clears throat> rent to rent. Rent to rent, very simple. It's a lease option, but without the option to purchase. You just it's a, you just use the management contract. Um, I always looked at it as buying income. So I was like, I'm never going to be able to buy this property or sell it. Not because the vendor, sometimes it wasn't because the vendor was, wasn't willing to sell it. It's because, I'm just going to close this door because I can hear chaos going on downstairs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just looked at it because it might have just been because they bought the properties in 2006, 2007, and they were just upside down and they were never going to improve. I dare say some of those properties still haven't improved uh, or are just about to. So it's just a case of, look, you know, I'll work with you. You know, I'll take the headache away from you. You know, how much money am I? I'm taking this over a five-year period. It's going to be averaging, you know, single let 250 to 300 pound a month, you know, if it was the HMO. Back in the day, I did actually manage to get quite a lot of people out of negative equity because back in the day when you could get a multiple of the annual income for a HMO, I was able to take a single let property, HMO it, and then I'm banging out. And then vendors are just like, I can't believe you've done this. You've helped me. I was like, no, no, you've helped me. I got into this property yeah. for nothing. You know, I put a bit of furniture in the you know, in the bed, in the lounges and turned it into a HMO. This was back in the day. I wish I still had the images of my original HMOs. Hilarious. I've got, I've got them somewhere. They're on an old laptop. I'll dig them out. You should definitely get, you should definitely oh, sure. I'll dig them out. Oh my goodness, I'll dig them out. Hilarious. Oh, the interior design is something else. Oh. There was no Pinterest back then, then Andy. No, no, there was no interest. <laughs> yeah, it was, oh wow. wow. Yeah, I'll dig them out. Wow, my um, my <laughs> my my bed sheets. What? Oh god. Yeah. Anyway, I'll dig them out and I'll show them at some point. Well, not my personal bed sheets. I mean the bed. Sheets. <laughs> you know what I meant. You know what I mean. Personal bed sheets are crisp and clean. So assisted sales. Okay. So this is my by far my favourite strategy, um, and one I use to great. I've never done one of these. Oh, I love them. 
I love them. We will very, very soon. So, Sims a lease option, but usually with a quicker turnaround. He secured a property in the same way with an option contract and the management uh, and possibly, the, the oh, I, I can't see there, but yeah, RX1, possibly power of attorney. Um, you invest your money to make improvements to increase the chance of a sale. So the clues in the title, you're assisting the vendor to sell the property. It's probably because it needs, you know, a new kitchen, bathroom, plastering, curb appeal. Um, they can't afford to do it, can't be bothered doing it, aren't in the area to do it, don't have the contacts to do it, but you can do it. Uh, and you can make a make a, a profit on that. I'm going to give you some tips on how to identify these and how to make sure that you can spot these and how to secure, you know, assisted sales and lease options at the end. Um, the vendor gets the option price. You get to keep profits over and above that. So if it's 70, you spend 10. So you're in for 18, you sell it for 90. On, on completion, the money comes into the lawyers. Da, 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 the vendor gets to 70, gets distributed to pay off any mortgage you have. Everything over and above, you know, 70 comes to you. You get your 10,000 back you spent on the refurb, 10,000 pound profit, assisted sale. Um, the vendor gets the option. Yeah, sorry. Da, 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 da. Yeah, hopefully means you get your investment back. Um, these can fit all kinds of different deals from basic cosmetic refurbs to large scale refurbs and conversions. So yeah, this, this can go from your, you know, your bog standard terraced house to up to larger scale investments um, and i've got some huge whopping assisted sales going on at the moment you can use it for anything options an option you know a lot of the uh, the big lap the big house builders bellway and people that usually they're securing land on an option from a farmer um, and they'll usually pay said farmer back or whoever let landowner back you know with the profits from the sale so they have the option over the, the land. So options have been used in the commercial market for hundreds and hundreds of years and just turned over into the, the residential market in the last 20, 25. Australia and America spawned it. Um, and as always, you know, we, we, we've just been catching up the last few years. There's hardly anyone doing it when I started doing it back in 2009. MS Law were actually one of the original people back then were actually training people and teaching people how to do it um, you know, back in 2009 when I started. Um, they do carry more risk because usually there's only one exit. So look, we're all big on having multiple exit strategies. But if you've promised a vendor that you're going to come in, put a new kitchen, bathroom and get the sale and you can't get the sale, you've got a problem. So you need to check your figures, double check them, triple check them, then get someone else to check them and make sure that you are not cutting your cloth too close. For me, <clears throat> to answer you, sorry, to go back to your question before as well, a a usual return for an assisted sale. What I usually look for is I want at least, usually I'm looking for a, at least a hundred percent return. If I'm putting 10 in, you know, I want, I want to make sure I'm getting, you know, that back, you know, plus, plus 10. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure there's that much, much wiggle moving in it. Usually more, you know, because what I also like to be able to do is, is with an assisted sale, I like to make sure. So I'll do my figures on the street and you've got to be very, very careful, especially in Liverpool, for instance, the price at the top of a street. And I'm talking about around Anfield and Walton and Old Swan. The price at the top of a street of terraced houses can differ to the price at the bottom of the street. You can't just look at house prices on that street. You could end up getting your fingers when you've really got to get into that area and make sure that you're looking because at this end of the street could be a nice main road with shops at this, you know, it's the wild west. Yeah. Um, so you've just got to be very, very mindful. I always like to, I, when I'm doing my figures, I'll say, okay, if I spend X on this and this brings it up to the, you know, the value of, of the, of the houses on the street, 
doesn't really help me stand out. What I like to be able to do is offer, be able to offer some kind of deal yeah. on my assisted sale so I can stand out. So I'm just going to do a deal and bring it to the standard of the end of the, and, uh, the standard of the other houses on the street. How do I stand out? Yeah, I can do a nice refurb, but there's probably other houses on the street with nice refurbs. The only way you're going to stand out is by being <coughs> creative. So you need to leave some wiggle movement, whether it's a, be able to, if you can offer a 10% discount on the market value of the properties on the street and still profit in a deal, then yeah. you're, going to, you're going to do good business. And don't forget, you're on a bit of a, a, you know, a time sensitive thing here. You know, if you've only got six months on assisted sale or 12 months and, you know, you're in three, three to four months for the refurb, three to four months for the marketing and three to four months to get a mortgage through, all of a sudden you're into 12 months. You've got to get this thing moving. Because at the end of that contract, the end of the assisted sale contract, which is basically a lease option contract, the vendor, so you're a, you're, you can walk away at any time. At the end of the contract, the vendor is not obliged to renegotiate with you. They can just say, Andy, thanks so much for doing my house up. I'll take the keys back, please. Right, okay. You've got to make so sure. So do you commit to a certain length of time, clearly, and the end, the, there is an end date to it, so you need to basically... Yeah. I mean, again, I... I yeah yeah absolutely I don't know a vendor that I've worked with that would have ever done that it's never come to that it's never even come close like I say uh, I'm very um I'm, I mean, I'm like a private detective with my due diligence I know for absolute sure that you know I know that the property that I'm going to be bringing to the market is going to get sold and I've got the wiggle movement I can do deals I can offer you know furniture packs for first-time buyers and that, to do an assisted sales way by the way a, a nice assisted sale is is targeting the retail market so you're first and next time buyers that's the real, that's a really clean way to do it because you can just put it on right move and you just right just let right move do its job. You know, six million people a week going through that site. You yeah. know, just let just let that do it, do the job for you. You can do the viewings if you want. There's there's other ways. I'm going to explain one of the ways you can do that. If you want to control the viewings and increase your chances, so you can do evening viewings, weekend viewings when the agents aren't there. If you want to control the actual sale, because you're going to put passion into it, because you know you're on a time sensitive um, you know thing and maybe it's a money sensitive thing as well and the only trick estate agents have got is what reduce the price you know <laughs> if you're going in the, the property owner and you're showing them features the work you've done you say oh this here used to be used to be a wall here we took this wall down we've opened up this room your stage isn't going to do that for you he's going to open the door he's going to let them look around he's going to be clock watching when do i get home i've got a netflix box set to get through tonight you need to you can control the the sale as well you can actually do the viewings to really get involved in every step of the process. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, offering furniture packs. A furniture pack is going to cost, is less than a 10% discount. Oh, I love furniture packs. We offer them out to HMO yeah. Register when we mail that out all the time. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, for, furniture packs for first-time buyers. Guess what you get? Next-time buyers off contacting you. Can we get a furniture pack? Of course you can. Of course you can. Do you want to make an offer? Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Sale. So, so make sure you've just you're not cutting your cloth too close, basically, with the, with the figures. Um, just um, sales, uh, Andy. Is it typically um, for my own benefit? Because I've never done one, and also I'm sure what people are thinking this. Mm. Um, does the property have to be empty, or can the vendor live in the property, or what? How does that work? Yeah, good question. Really, you probably want it empty. Especially yeah. if you cut number one, if you're doing the work and you're putting in new kits, it's going to be a bomb site. It's going to be a building site. Uh, it's not going to be very nice for the vendors to live in it. And also, once you finish, you don't want them walking around your brand new, you know, house. You want to be keeping it clean um, for the viewings. Um, and also, you don't want them getting too comfortable in the brand no. new. <laughs> so really, yeah, you want the 
you know, when I do the viewings for on, on my bigger ones, you know, there's little things that I do and, you know, I'll put, you know, I'll, I'll inject flexical, I'll put like fruit bowls of lemon. My interior design, uh, you know, skills have improved over the years and please say, so, you know, just inject, you know, bits of fruits, you know, a bowl of fruit and, you know, the, the smells. I make sure everyone has to put those, <clears throat> those blue plastic things on the feet. They don't have to, but it's the process. It's just like, I am proud of this house. This is the best property you're going to see today. You're not walking your mucky feet on. I get one of these blue things on your feet. You know, you put on the swimming baths, and it's just like people are like, oh, like this is, you know, this. Then people feel because then they know, they know if they've had to put those blue things on, they just know that everyone else has. They're just like, we're buying a crisp, brand new property here. Just little things that you can do. It's just sales, um, and stage is not going to do that. You know, so I'll always like to control say, look, if it's out of area, there's other ways to do it, and there's other ways to control that process without you could you could tell the estate agents to do that i suppose whether they would or not sometimes depends on the deal i don't like to leave that bit to chance i don't like to have put too many people in charge of my wallet so i like to control that process so if you're looking for an assisted sale you typically look for an empty property if it's a vic it's um obviously got the vendor living there at the minute you'd look at a different option yeah um you know i've done deals where i've helped the vendor move you know so just like you know can you move on uh, I'm going to explain how I'm going to give some tips on how to sort of oh, <laughs> no, it's all right. No, it's okay. On, on, on how to sort of things you can say and how to secure them. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, there's ways to, um, you know, you've got to be creative. You know, if the vendor is willing to move, okay, what does that look like? How long do they need to move for? Can they move into a relative's girlfriend's, you know, friend's house for, for a bit? Do they just need to rent? Have they got pets? Do they need to take pets with them? So you know, uh, there's one I'm doing at the moment where I'm just, I'm getting 12 months. So I'm having to pay 12 months rent for a flat um, for for the vendor and his nine cats. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, let me start. So we've basically said, we've, t- we've told the, the, the vendor of the flat, um, we said, look, this is the score. We're a bit, you know, we, we are, I'm not a builder, but my, my, I'm JV and we're a builder. I was like, you know, Gav, we need to accept that number one, we're going to have to put a big deposit down on this. Number two, you're going to go have to have to go in and probably refurbish that flat a little bit at the end because those cats, you know, they're not going to, you know. So, so we've accepted and we've just worked out what the rough costs are. Like, but Gavin's been around, said, yeah, it's going to cost roughly to do this, X, Y, and Z. Da, 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 da. Put it on the bottom end. Does the deal still work? Happy. Let's go. You just put it on the bottom end. It works. It works. So, yeah. So you just got to be creative uh, on, on these things, and I'll, I'll give I'll give some sort of tips. Oh. There at the end. Uh, huge benefit to no capital outlay. Yeah, I'm going to buy the thing, so I'm going to put put up the uh, the put the purchase price to buy it. No mortgage applications. Yeah, no, you're not exchanging contracts, so you know you've not got no capital um, stamp duty. Sorry, always get those two confused. Um, so there's huge huge benefits you can do. You know, if you've got a hundred thousand pound pot, you might only be able to do one deal once you've bought it. Da, da, da. If you're getting mortgages, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. if you're doing assisted sales, you can maybe do ten. You know, if you got you find ten little mini assisted sales or deal trades, you know that are, that are ten grand each. You can profit them. All of a sudden, you turn your one based on my figures. You turn your hundred grand into two hundred grand. No, definitely. In quicker succession. So that's why I love them. That's why I like doing them. I use them to great effect. And they're out there. They are out there. You just got to have to spot them. Cool. Um, next one, property trading. So this is good. This is a strat. Whoa! I remember doing that. <clears throat> um, fancy me, aren't I? So, <laughs> where that came from? I've had too much coffee already. <laughs> a little Irish coffee this morning. <laughs> <Just forget. laughs> 
So, um, similar to an assisted sale, um, always done direct to vendor. You'll very rarely be able to negotiate this through a, through an agent. Um, it works best when negotiating with Mrs. Smith to sell to Mrs. Jones. Usually a very quick turnaround with minimal or no work required. Usually just an option contract or a lockout agreement is even better. And an RX1, very important. You'll definitely need that. Uh, but each deal is different. Uh, you lock out the deal at a discounted price and then you sell it to an end user. So you lock it out at 60, but it's worth 70. You go in. I've literally done these where I've gone in. I mean, I've got dozens and dozens of examples. Some of them I've gone in and I've literally just gone in and hoovered uh, Mr. Muscle, wiped it down, um, taken the curtains off, just get it looking like a, a blank canvas. Maybe you've got a skip outside, emptied all the you know, the stuff, the chintzy yeah. stuff out. It's got those awful, you know, multicolored carpets. Pull them up, get them walking. People don't mind walking around a house with no, you know, with no carpet down. I have a guy in, um, over in Merseyside there who, um, Fast Dave, he does um, carpets and he'll carpet a three bed house for 500 quid. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's. Oh, Sheffield. <laughs> it's this. I mean, Laura, it's, it's oh. this. It's this <laughs> but you know, but you know, for the purpose of getting a deal trade done, it's like you know, it, it's it's perfect because you just once you put that new carpet down, it's like, oh, that's nice, and it's just people walking around that new carpet, get the blue things on the feet, you know, um, it really really helps for five hundred quid. I've done them where, you know, I've just literally just taken everything out, so it looks like it's a like it's a repossession, um, and people there was a guy, I'm not not sure where he did it. Can't remember where we did it now. We taught a course on it, how we sold money, how we sold this as a course, I don't know. But he used to go um, find deals around Liverpool. Um, he'd go, he'd pull all the carpets out, um, mess it up a little bit, um, and board the windows up so it like a repossession. He'd get it for 70, put it in the auction at 80 as a reserve for 80, get people bidding on it at 80 and make 85, 87, 90. You know what? We nearly did that last year. <laughs> We nearly did that last year. Seriously, it's really good, really good. Because people see it, they're like, "Oh, it's a deal." Bid, 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 bid. Yeah. <laughs> great strategy, by the way. Great strategy coming out of this. Great strategy. People are just like, you know, desperation, despair. What's going on? If you go into, you secure a house on option, and the vendor's not in it, board the windows up, put in an auction, guarantee you'll make your money. Guarantee. So funny you say we really did that. Mm. But my, I was like, you can't do that, James. He's like, it's money. I can, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm like, no. No issues with it. No issues with it. Um, it's up to you. It's what's it's, that's your way you refurb stuff. And it, it, it's it's just the psychology behind it. It's yeah. No, it is definitely. Mm. You buy in my mind um, up until obviously recently, like with all this education I've done, it's always been you buy, you refurb, you get a good tenant, or you sell it. Whereas actually, this also works by kind yeah. of making it look devalued. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? Crazy. So that's a good tip. I don't know how many people know about that, but that's a, a real, real tip. Um, I've not done one of them for a while. Uh, I did do them back in. I'm, not, I'm, I'm definitely going to do one. I'm going to try and do one this year just to test it. If I get like one that's got you know a bit of wiggle movement, it's a long, you know, got a lot, get a long option on it. I'm going to try and do it, and I'll document it. And I'll, uh, I'll get, it, get, get it. I'll try and do one as well. <laughs> I'll get it on my YouTube channel. I'd, I'd, I did them way back before, before I even you know knew about content and documenting and stuff like that. I was just, I was just banging them out. But uh, you know, I'll, get, I'll just try and do one this year and document. Yeah, I'll, ra I'll race you. See, we do one first. <laughs> Challenges on. 
<laughs> um, so you know, like you know, like all the big national house buyers, you know, we buy houses for cash and stuff like that. So this is that's what they generally do is this deal trend. They don't do the boarding up the the windows thing, um, but they generally that's what they do. They they negotiate hard on the phone um, with the vendor, and you don't have to negotiate hard, by the way. But that's what they do, and they're just turning it around. They're just turning around nice and quick. That those national house buyers, they are never going in and doing structural work or any kind of work. They might brush the, you know, they might brush the carpets. Uh, if that put a hoover on it but there's no work done that's generally that's their model that's that's what they do uh, and instead of making you know instead of charging 750 a thousand pound 1500 pound finders fee wouldn't you rather sit in the middle and make 10 grand less fees how many of them do you need to do a year Just quit your job you know four of them a year one of them a quarter you know 30 grand a year could that help some people quit the job you know um and they, they are out there just got to be able to spot them um did a lock out the deal at discount, right? Yeah, could also be used for planning gain. Yeah, sort of properties on a plot or benefit from planning permission. Uh, but bearing in mind, it obviously takes longer for planning permission. So yeah, um, you know, if it's on a plot and there's a bit something you can do with the property, um, you can absolutely you can also do it for this. So secure the property with a lockout agreement. Put in a planning application, a pre-application, um, and then package it up and sell it. And you may just get a builder, developer, or someone coming in and make some money in the middle. So yeah. Love deal trade, love property trading. Yeah, not done one. I'm going to try and pick that strategy up again, actually. Not done one for a long time. Um, where are we next? Planning gain. So planning gain is great. You give control, yeah, you gain control of any size property or plot with an option. So you can gain control of any size property or plot with an option. Okay, and I'll give some examples. Um, if you believe the scope to add further value, you can try and gain planning permission. You don't need to own the property to put an application in. You can put a pre-application in. Maybe not go, don't go to full planning. <laughs> But, you know, make sure you've got the paperwork in place, but you put a put a pre-application in, so which is your wish list. You put anything on a pre-app, you know, it's Christmas time, you know, put what you whatever you want. The council come out and say, no, Mr. Thomas, you cannot put a full glass, you know, penthouse on top of this terrace house. Um, you know, but you put anything and you say, but you can do this. So go, yeah. go you know, go crazy, go crazy on your pre-app um, and see what response you get back. And then you go into a full application. Um any uplift gain from the planning approval is yours to keep, or you could retain it for yourself. If it's that good and it's got that much deal, you know, that much money in it and that much, and it's that sexy, keep it for yourself. I haven't got the money, Andy. Go and find an investor. If it's that sexy, someone will fund it. Yeah. 100%. Get all these blockages out of your head. Find these deals, secure these deals, keep it for yourself. Don't be trying to package them up. You can't, yeah, you, know, you can't fund everything. I, I get that, but there'll be people and there'll be a lot of people with a lot of money coming out the woodwork over these next six months obviously the last the last month we've had three um three investors transfer funds into our bank account amazing so people are still 100 percent wanting to lend 100 yeah. and why is that or is that because you're quiet and you're not telling people about what you do or is it because you exactly. are yeah that's it i mean i never tell anybody what we do <laughs> you know what i mean you are you are in your social media you're adding value you're telling people what you'll do you're documenting what you do that's how it's done there's no secret source to, but literally, these people have all been watching me for the past 12 months. Amazing. Watching so, quietly, is what I mean. You don't know who's watching <laughs> you, folks. Just watch, just lurking. Yeah, but the lurker. Like, you know, I always say they never like or comment on anything, and they genuinely don't. Um, and then you just get that text or that message, that email. Yeah. And that's kind of where it, it starts. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just that I think a lot of people, that's a big, big blockage for that, for people that is that funding thing. And, yeah, it's um, 
it's not it's not as much a bigger blockage as you think. You've just got to put the content out there. You've just got to be consistent. They are watching. They are out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so what have we got next? I don't even know what my next slide is. We're going into deals now. Paperwork. Wow, I'm efficient today. So yes, wow. paperwork do you need? I know. So these, this is pretty much everything you need. These eight things, not for every deal. Sometimes you only need one or two. Sometimes you may use use all of them. No, you won't use all of them. But the first thing you, the first and foremost thing you need is a head to terms. Head to terms is the the base of the deal. You can do the head to terms on the back of a cereal box if you want. Um, but there are head to terms. If you Google head to terms, an amazing thing called Google on the internet. Put head to terms into Google. You will find a free download. I use Law Depot, Law Depot, the Law Depot.com or .co.uk, um, and they've got good contracts, good paperwork on there. Uh, and you can download all the paperwork from there. Um, a lockout agreement. Lockout agreement is used for deal trades and some, you know, if you're just going to, um, a lot of deal packages will use lockout agreements that'll lock it out for three months, package it up, and they've got three months to try and sell it, da, 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 or you can use it for deal trades, you know, quick, uh, quick deals. Lease option we know about, you can use a lease option to secure a property over the long term. Um, assisted sale agreement, similar to a lease option, but shorter. Um, the management contract usually coincides with the lease option um, and assisted sale. Um, and Or if you're going to do a rent-to-rent, -rent, you can just do the management contract on its own. Power of attorney, like I said, you may or may not need it. You know, imply, you know, just put some common sense into that. Speak to your solicitor about the deal. They may or may not recommend it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's your deal. You know, the solicitor works for you. Yeah? Um, they represent you. Um, for the most part, they will... Hopefully, they're not going to break the law, and they certainly won't put them. See, they won't expose themselves or put themselves at risk. But it's up to you um, if you want to use. If you can agree something else, just just use that with caution, guys. That's all I'm saying. All right. Would you, you put a bit of a disclaimer out. Obviously, if somebody's missed the beginning of this and um, they've gone off, they've gone and downloaded one of these documents from somewhere. A hundred percent, you need to get it um, in front of a solicitor. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like to be honest, I mean, most of the time, all you really need to, to instruct the solicitor is the heads of terms. Yeah. I take it a step further. I will fill out the heads of terms with the with the um, with with the vendors, and either sometimes, depending on the vendor, I'll also do the lockout agreement. Maybe do the lease option contract. I have an eleven-page lease option contract that I use, and then I say, but I'm just say, look, you just so I'll get signatures, but it's always subject to them receiving yeah. legal advice. Yeah. Um, and then you get you just get the, the get the solicitors instructed. Um, so yeah, always get it checked and just signed off as solicitor. Do not be running around going out there like I did doing deals with you know stuff that you've hashed together yourself. Just get the solicitors involved. If you can't afford the solicitors' fees, then the deal's probably too tight anyway. You know, if the solicitors' fees are killing the deal, it's not a deal. All right. Um, RX one AN one. Um, it used to be an RX1. The difference between the RX1 is I think one, both are visual on the land registry. One, the ven the lender gets informed. The other one, the lender doesn't get informed. With the AM1 form, the lender doesn't get informed, but you just want to inform inform the lender anyway, you know, that what you're doing. Um, get their permission. And the CH1 is a first charge. So if there's no mortgage on the property, you may look to take a first charge over it. And I'll give some examples of that now. So, yeah. So screenshot that, blah, blah, blah. They're usually what you need. Some live examples. We love an example. <laughs> so this is property in Cheadle that I'm doing at present. 
Um, you see them. You see the middle photo there, the main house. Um, I don't know. Can everyone see me? Is my oh, head's in the way there? I try and move this down here. So you can see the main house there. All I'm focusing on is the main house. It was a care home previously, many many years ago, 20 years ago. Um, the son of the owners lives in the property um, with his wonderful lodger. I'll, so that's what I'm going to call him for the purpose of this presentation. Um, and yeah, we, so we've got that main house and a big plot of land. The two flats that you see are nothing to do. They were sold 15 years ago, but they are sat on the land, which isn't a bad thing, but it does pose an interesting scenario when it comes to actually, um, you know, doing the actual redevelopment of the site. It's in Cheadle. Anyone doesn't know where Cheadle is? Cheadle Hume in Manchester, beautiful part of the world. Very, very nice, very affluent. Um, property prices are are up there. My, my slides not working. Here we go. So it's in poor condition, but an amazing location. Um, there was an estate agent valuation of about 420. There's £20,000 remaining on the mortgage, but due diligence at the end, um, valuation is over 750k. So it refurbished to match the high-end needs of the area. So I'm going to do a really high-end. I was going to do flats. Yeah. The reason I'm not doing flats is I've got enough flat developments to last me a lifetime in my pipeline, and I just wanted a quick hit, okay? So this one I'm doing as an assisted sale. So I'm going in, I'm going to do the property up, and I'm going to do it as a, um, a five-bedroom house. It's a beauty. It's going to be an absolute beauty. So I'm going to separate the driveway on the front here. We're going to open up the, the front a little bit, separate the driveway. So the flat and the house become two separate entities. There's a bit of parking at the back of the flats for the flats. And obviously going to put a beautiful garden at the back. We're going to, you know, re-turf it. And we're going to put on the back of the house there on the, on the picture on the right hand side, we're just going to put a full, uh, full width um, uh, bifolding doors, like the extension with bifolding doors off the back, opening out, decking, garden. You know the thing, it's classic with a nice big open plan kitchen inside. It's going to be very, very sexy. So can't you, wait. You have, um, it's, um, I mean, I'm pointing at the screen. You can't obviously see what I'm pointing at, but at the front, obviously, is part of that land going to be um, reassigned to the flats or, or yeah, so the, yeah, so that the 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 flats are obviously leasehold, but are, uh, the house is actually in a um, a company owned in a company name, which is the the old Kerr home. Yeah. Um, so they are um, they the the freehold. The company owns the freehold of the flats. So yeah, we're just going to separate the two because if someone's paying seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds for a house, they probably don't want to share a driveway um, with you know with with Mister White Van Man there. So we're just <laughs> we're just separating the two. Um, we're just gonna we're just gonna have to play around with the. It's uh, if I, if I have my choice, I would move it back. You know, fifteen yards. Um, it's very close to the to the road there, um, but yeah, it's a cracker. It's going to be a belter inside. So we just need to, or just need to give it its its own individuality. So if you come up the drive around the back of the flats, there, there's, I'm gonna there's one parking space behind the back. But to keep everyone happy, I'm going to create another parking space for the flats, and then so ours will almost wrap around. So it's almost like it's going to be like a, a an L shaped garden at the back, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, but it's going to be it's going to, it's going to be a beauty. But Gavin, you know, had to down tools um, when when Corona hit, so we're just waiting to start. Um, and yeah, we're going to help the vendor. We're going to move the vendor into alternative accommodation and help his lodging move somewhere else as well. Um, and that's it. Paperwork required. Uh, oh, sorry. So go through the yeah twenty uh, k remaining. So I'm actually going to pay off the twenty thousand pounds mortgage on the property with RBS, um, and then I'm going to take first charge over the property. 
Um, it's going to be an assisted sale. I've got the management contract so I can do the work. I'm using a power of attorney on this because this is going to be a £220,000 assisted sale. So I want the power of attorney on this one. So I've absolutely insisted on that. The vendor's okay with it. He's cool with it. And everyone's going to be happy. He's going to make some good money. You know, that's his, that's his, his nest egg. Is you know, that's his, um, you know, what his parents have left for him. Um, I think his mother's still alive. Mother's actually in a care home. But, you know, that's his... That, that's his so i'm making sure otherwise if anyone if anyone else went in the price i've given for this property the option price i've given for this property uh you, he wouldn't be getting it if you put it to the open market there's an estate agent value there of 320 uh, sorry of 420 if you put this on the open market the condition it's in it's knackered inside it's like it's wrecked um he wouldn't be getting anywhere close to 420 he'd be around probably around around the three 300 mark i reckon um so I've given him a very, very fair price. He knows that he's happy, but I haven't got to, I've got, I'm not going to buy the thing and I'm just going to go through the assisted sale process. So very, very happy with that one. Can't wait. Oh, it's exciting. Could, yeah. I'd be good for if we can come over when we're out of lockdown and have a look, actually. Please do. Please do. You can come and give me a woman's touch on the... On the, on the <laughs> I've got that <laughs> Yeah, please help. So um, this one was an old one. I don't have this one anymore. This was a um, one in Withamshaw, lovely part of the world. Uh, over in Manchester. It was in poor condition. Vendor had been shafted by two different tenants, not paid the rent for God knows how long. Um, I think one of them grew weed in the house as well. Classic. Um, owed 117 on the mortgage, wanted 125, worth a lot more done up. Um, and three beds, two lounges. So you can guess, given the location, Withamshaw Hospital, you see it in the middle there. Sorry, no, I'm pointing at the screen now. <laughs> in the middle there, you've got where the house was. Got Withamshaw Hospital there, Manchester Airport there. Dead simple lease option, long lease option to HMO. Uh, I had this in my portfolio for about five years. It was full, pretty much ninety-seven percent full for the five years. Hospital staff. Uh, it, was, it was just a fight between hospital staff and airport staff. Full of Ryanair. Um, it's great. Another little tip for you: HMOs near hospitals and airports work really well. They will be full. Um, so um, if you can do them in the right way, but you always get staff. You just got advertised in the right way. Great for hospital staff. Great for cabin crew. HMO cabin, you know, HMO for cabin crew. You know, get it out there on spare room, and then you you will, you know, you will fill it. And the good tenants are well. They're away two, three days a week. They're never there. So <laughs> good, good tenants. So had that one. That one I just did with an option contract, management contract. I had the bar return in the RX one on that one as well. Everyone was cool. Um, and yeah, had it for five years. And I did a very basic HMO refurb on this one. Um, a refurb. I can't remember what. I think I just. I think I painted it, new carpets, um, did the fire eggs. This was before we had to do fire eggs. How very responsible of me. Um, and put some decent furniture in there. But added five bedrooms. Made great money. Made a grand a month. This one. So I made my money oh, back. Wow. In, yeah, I made my money back in six months. Goes to show you how much money I spent on the roof. <laughs> um, and ended up selling for in the end for 175 grand. Great little deal. Wow. Yeah, so he got his one two five. I I clear. Well, I made the fifty grand on the end, but I also, you know, over the five year period, made a ton of money on that one. Uh, it's a great little deal. I'd have taken ten more like that in that area, not now, like because can't <laughs> can't get away with what I got away with. So, um, this one, this is the beauty. This is what I'm doing at the moment in Leeds. Poor condition, amazing location in Leeds. It's on one of the main arteries going into Leeds City Centre. Currently five flats. Vendor wants four hundred k. I was like, 350. And he just looked at me and went, Andy, look at it. 
it's 400k and I was like all right it's 400k <laughs> so <laughs> we agreed 400k um scope to add more units uh possible to increase the six to nine again I've put my wish list in my architects have been out we're going to hopefully add some flats on the back there uh -huh. or potentially we're maybe looking at doing a children's nursery with this oh, one okay. mm, yeah so interesting there is like I say just it's just one of the main arteries so we've got people coming from like Weatherby, Adel, uh, you know, all these nice oh, places right. around a coming down this main archery into Leeds City Centre, stop outside, kick the kids in, carry on into work. Yeah. Perfect. So there's two other nurseries down on this road, just a little bit further up, which are oversubscribed. So there's a waiting list. Right. So I've identi identified a demand, never done a children's nursery, but... <laughs> I'm just going to ask you that. No, God, no. Ready, fire, aim. You know me. So <laughs> I'll work it out. I'll work out. So we're just in the process of working out at the moment. So haven't put the pre-application in for that. We're just kind of, can we do it? Should we do it? We're in that sort of stage. I'm yeah. also speaking to another uh, a nursery operator in Leeds to see if they just want to take it over and be, become the tenant. So it might just be, we not might just become the landlords. Oh, that'd be good. But Paul's got a background in, in children's nurseries. So oh, right, okay. I know, didn't know that about Mr. Smith, maybe. Know. I know, some inside information on Mr. Blue Eyes. <laughs> oh, baby blue. So this oh, one... Sweet. <laughs> lockout agreement planning gain and development uh, so i'm developing this one but developing into what we don't know um and paperwork used option card input i, just, I forgot to put i mustn't have put the paperwork on this one for some reason no i didn't so um used a um lockout heads of terms lockout agreement sister sale management contract and obviously planning so it's nice and secure oh and also no mortgage on this one so i'm taking first charge cool. so it's probably in the region of this is another big one, three hundred fifty thousand pounds. Easy to raise that funding because we can borrow the money and we can give them first charge over the property. Mm. Happy, okay. Yeah. And given that the GDV on this one's probably going to be over a million pounds if we do it as flats, um, it's going to be a belter. Such a shame. Lovely guy. I, I did this phone call. I this was from a Facebook lead gen campaign that I did, and I phoned this guy at one of our events in York live in the room, put it on speakerphone, phoned it, and he gave me this and two other ones over the phone. Oh, man. Like, oh, it was mental. Couldn't believe <laughs> it. Yes, that couldn't, actually couldn't have gone any better. <laughs> could not have gone any better. Unre <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it was great. It was crazy that. Everyone was just like, oh, there it is. Paperwork, sister sale, management contract. Yeah, so I've got it. But everyone's like, did that just happen? I'm just like, just happened. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So this is one of the other ones he's had. Now, I've been stopping and staring at this building I've been, it's near some traffic lights in Leeds. I've been beeped. I don't know how many times because I've been sat at traffic lights going, I like that building. And I've just been beep, beep, like, sorry, off. And it turns out he owns this one as well. Four flats. That's the photograph in the middle is partly done up. Um, it is, um, it's unbelievable. Like he's got, he's getting the flats have done now to an, like a really high standard. They've been, they've been done out beautifully. And they're fully tenanted, and he's getting—I can't remember the figures now. I'm sure he's getting something like four thousand or three thousand eight hundred or something like that across the the three flats. So I've secured the um, I've secured it um, with a lockout agreement, and we're probably we're just deciding what we want to do with it. Be a beautiful one to hold in the uh, in the portfolio. This one fully let as well. He just cracked on and finished it and just let it out. And I was like, all right, good. How much have you rented it for? It's not 2000. This, these are old figures. Um, he's got it. He'll, the, the bottom floor flat, the basement flat, he's getting, a, he's getting, he's getting £1,100 a month for it. Wow. Insane. I know, right? Insane. So, um, 
yeah and he's just like yeah you can have it Andy so we could package it up we could sell it we can make some tidy money on this but I really want to add this to the portfolio the blue oak portfolio and get that done so lock out self profit hold I reckon we're going to hold it uh, we're just going to get um, we were just in the process of sending out a surveyor um, a valuer just before lockdown and then we just thought ah, what's the point they'll give us a valuation it'll be you know reduce risk or whatever you know or whatever whatever terminology they were using at the time and let's just wait it's not going anywhere we've got it secured happy so i'll be asking um what the vendors or landlords situation was to offload yeah he was alan he's not called alan calls himself alan okay he's um he's a muslim guy he is crazy uh i love him and his situation was with the one on uh, the one that maybe doing as a nursery. He's just got to a stage where he, it's not habitable, so he's got that one, and he, he just got to a stage where he just. It's not that he's he's getting he's not old. He's getting on a bit, and he's just got to a stage where he's not got the. I'm sure they say he can get the money to do it up, but does he want to? Um, so, well, you know, it's just what, going down a bit. It just yeah, yeah, you know, and it's just like. You know, it's, it's such a shame. So what I'm doing is I'm making sure that he's getting a very, very fair price for it. Um, and I'm just I'm just working with him. So he was just motivated. I think he's just looking to, you know, reduce his portfolio down. Um, so that one he owns on his own. The, the last one I showed you, the four flats, he owns that with uh, another an, another partner and they're happy to do the deal with us. So we're happy and you know, very, very happy with the figures on that one. And then he's another one that he owns with four partners, which is not on here, I didn't include it, which is a medical centre and a plot of land. Um, we're probably going to flatten, and that's got no mortgage on it either. So we're going to flatten that, flatten the medical centre, <coughs> redevelop it, commercial, flats above. And then the land's actually on a separate title already. <coughs> we're probably going to um, look into working with Homes England, maybe put some affordable housing on it. So yeah. all done with options. Oh. No capital outlay, no. Crazy, crazy. Amazing. They are out there. Yeah. Um, but he's crazy. <laughs> I love him. But I've got the stories I've got. The stories I've got from just from this guy. I only met him a few months ago. The stories I have, he's nuts. I love him. I love crazy vendors. And so just this, for people listening, obviously this isn't just one conversation. You've got all this. This is this is putting some time and effort into nurturing this relationship. Obviously, discovering that he owns these different properties. It's not just a one phone call and you expect to get the goods, so to speak, in a long term. Or a longer-term no. plan, should we say? No, definitely not. You're absolutely right, and it's uh, it's one thing that I, I focus on from the outset is you know wh- who is the who is the person I'm talking to. You need to quickly sort of what are they like? Are they loud? Are they quiet? Are they reserved? You know, are they what sort of person? Usually, it's over the phone, so it's kind of difficult to do, but it's a skill that you can develop over time. And then you have to quickly work out what hat you need to wear to you know to 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 to, to negotiate with this person. Um, don't be in a rush to go out to viewings just so you've got some content to put on your social media. Don't be running out to viewings just for the sake of it. Take a breath, slow down, do your due diligence and, you know, just try and work out what the deal is over the phone, you know, get the details over the phone, do it as a conversation, not as a, you know, clipboard. Next, can I have your name? What address? <laughs> do, it, do, it as a, do it as a conversation, let it flow, let it do naturally. Um, and build up rapport, you know, get them get them laughing, get them smiling. What do they like? Have they got kids? Why are they selling? What's their motivation? You want to be building up a really big picture in your head so you can say, okay, listen, thanks for that information. Give me 
whatever you need, 24 hours or give me an hour, I'll get back to you. Yeah, okay, listen, Dave, I really like the, the, the look of this property. Uh, I'd love to arrange a viewing. Can I come out and see it? Yeah, of course you can. Oh, can you not make me offer over the phone? These are all the objections you need to get good at handling. Um, and, you know, then you decide, you know, based on the due diligence. The first thing you should do, tip for you, first thing you should do when you've got a phone is go on the land registry. It's the first thing you should do. Too many people don't do it. It doesn't always give up the juice. doesn't always give you all the details you want. But generally speaking, there is some stuff on there. If it's not on there, then you need to start digging a little deeper. Or you need to start asking the questions that weren't on the land registry um, and getting those details out of it. It could reveal, you know, is it owned with two people? Don't be going out to appointments to see Mr. Mr. Smith if it's owned by, yeah, if it's owned by Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You only got to the appointment when they're both there. You don't want to be going out for too many appointments. Um, so make sure that both homeowners are, are, are going to be there on the appointment. Um, you know, what did they pay for it? Incredibly powerful. You need to be finding the magic number. The magic number is what they get from the profit from the sale, not what they're selling it for. They're selling it for 70 and they owe 50 on the mortgage. They're not getting 70, they're getting 20. What do they need that 20 for? And it's that that you negotiate on. It's that that you focus on. You know, I'm doing a deal at the moment over in Newcastle um, on a portfolio and he needs, uh, he wants a hundred grand to move to France. So I'm now negotiating on the hundred grand, the portfolio, that's the, that's the profit across what he thinks it's worth across the portfolio. Yeah. It's not. There isn't that much profit in it. You know, we're negotiating. We're down to seventy-five at the moment. We're hoping to get it sub fifty, um, if we can. Um, but it's down to seventy-five at the moment. But I'm, when I'm negotiating, I was just like saying, "Look, I just want to get your money and get you off to France." Start reminding them that's what you negotiate. Don't focus on the hundred grand. Focus on the the motivation for the yeah. sale. And if you haven't, that's why you need to get that from them very, very early on in the in the process. Um, and it just helps you. It just helps you be prepared for the appointments. Um, this one, I, I wanted to put this little process in here. Um, you negotiate with a vendor, you lock out the agreement, close on an option, management agreement, whatever it is. Like I said before, so this is almost like a deal trade. You can, if you want to, you can give the, the property to an estate agent or if you want to, there's a, there's a website called 99homes.com if anyone's heard of it and you can actually advertise properties on right move through 99homes.com. You'd have to get some signature and some paperwork off the vendor, but if you've done the deal, it's not going to be a problem. And you can actually get a property on right move and all the major platforms, the exact same exposure that the estate agents have for about £99. It's yeah. like over rent, but for selling. <clears throat> it really is. Uh, <coughs> I have not checked the prices recently. Obviously, do your own due diligence, but you know, I have done I have got properties on all the major platforms for £99 in the past. So just you know, check it out, 99homes.com. Um, and check it out so you can get them on so you've you've secured the property you've gone in you've you know pulled the curtains off put ripped the carpets out boarded the windows up whatever it is you want to do and now you've got the exposure and all the once you set on an account with it when people make an inquiry on the property you get an email to your inbox nice if you can't do the viewings if you're out of area if you're out of area you can then employ someone on viewer to do your viewings for you 30 pound a time Give them very specific instructions. There is a box of blue plastic socks at the front door. Please make sure you and the people doing the viewing, unless you've boarded up the windows, probably need to do it on that one. But you know, <laughs> please, yeah, you probably wipe your, wipe your feet on the way out, sort of thing. So please, you know, and get they'll, they'll do. They're, they're like your employee, you know, view, but it's brilliant. Uh, and it's you, generally speaking, you normally get the same person. Um, so you can use Viewer. So so far, you've got hundred pounds for the cost whatever you've spent on the, the property uh, and view is about 30 pound of viewing. Um, 
if you get an instruction, give it to solicitors. I'm not sure if that's what all solicitors look like. Sorry if I'm generalizing there, but I think I Googled solicitors images on Google and that's what came back. So, hi. Nice <laughs> Thanks for posing for the photo. And then you bank the cash. Simple as that. So there's a little process you can go through. It doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to look exactly like that, but that's absolutely something you can absolutely do with an option agreement with not, without having to buy the property. So there's just a, a little process you can maybe go through with a lockout agreement. All right. So top tips. Here it is. Top, top tips. Number one, know your product. Okay. If you read every day, I highly recommend that you do. You should read every day. You need to, those contracts that I said before, find them, get them, beg, borrow and steal them. If you have to add them to your reading list. My lease option training consisted of me reading a lease option. I didn't go on a full weekend deep dive lease option rent to rent course for 997. I read a lease option contract. I got it confirmed by the vendor. I buy a set three sets of solicitors and I went out and I learned my product. Okay. I, I understood the concept of the of the, the option contract and I learned how to explain that to the vendor. Not explaining them, you know, section two point four, yeah. subsection three. You're gonna lose them. You just need to get good at selling the what the what contact is yes exactly right exactly right so know your product get to know your product read that contract so you understand it because once you there's bits you don't understand highlight it when you eventually instruct a solicitor phone your solicitor up maybe a week in advance and just sort of say look i'm going out to do a deal next week i've got a viewing booked i'm going to be hopefully doing it as an assisted sale or lease option um i I can help me this section here i don't understand it what does that mean you just literally explain it to you don't be trying to second guess it or google it probably in google and it'll explain it. So get a base level understanding of it. Read it. I've got ink running through my fingers from the amount of times I've read, you know, these contracts. I know them inside out. I know them enough to be able to explain it to a vendor. Yeah. So I can I can ask questions. So I am very, there isn't really a question a vendor can't ask me um, on, a, on a, an appointment. I can explain it back. It, it, you know, it gives you a, a confidence and, you know, it look, look, so you know what you're doing. Be like a private detective, okay? And Matt Victoria Karam is Latin means victory loves preparation okay so anyone out there thinking andy i'm not good at sales or i'm not a good salesman being prepared can help can take that away preparation can make you good at sales now closing is another matter sales and closing are two different things a lot of people are good at sales and couldn't close a door so you need to get <laughs> uh-huh. <I> like that. <laughs> you, you need to you need to get comfortable with closing there are many many books out there on closing okay and how to close a deal um there's a great one grant cardon's the closers manual i'm not sure it is uh, but it's on there i've got an audio book there's like 150 closes on there man alive love him or hate him the boy knows sales uncle g knows how to sell i quite like that one as well yeah brilliant brilliant it's yeah so all these all these things you know so get comfort closing sales can be preparation so when you want to, from the first phone call, wherever that lead has come from, whether it's from a state agent, a bandit board, a Facebook card, whatever it is, you've got that direct offender, you know, lead coming through. From the second you pick up the phone, you are closing that deal. The vendor doesn't know it, but you are closing that deal without even realizing it. You need to be like a private detective. The focus on, don't just focus on the property, focus on the vendor. Okay, we're in the people business. We're not in a property business. We are in the people business. Focus on the person you are dealing with. That is how you're going to get the deal done because likewise, they will deal with you. People buy from people and it is sales. 
even though you're you say it's not sales i'm trying to sell the property no no you're trying to sell the vendor on a concept that he doesn't understand everything in sales while well, you're in sales get comfortable with it okay i'm about to go downstairs and get sold by my kids on whether i'm going to play with them for half an hour i'm going to you know get to do some more work everything is sales yeah um so get be like a private detective do your due diligence go into the appointment very very prepared before you go out to an appointment you should know what the offer is going to be okay or what the deal is going to be and you can do that from the due diligence from just if you know that he paid if he paid seventy thousand pounds for it back in 2013 and you know houses on the street are only worth 75 but he wants 80 from that information you should be able to sort of work out what the deal is going to be you know that's one example there's a thousand different you know scenarios so you should be turning up to a deal don't just turn you know turn up unprepared um Turn up very prepared with a lot of information. The land registry printed off, you know, get that printed off. Do you, do, you know, I, you know, um, you know, house comparable house prices yeah. on the street printed off. Rental demand for house on the street printed off. Turn up so you've got. You're not just turning up one, but you can actually show because the other thing, the other reason to do that, if you're making an offer which is an offer that maybe a vendor doesn't understand, people don't believe what they hear; they believe what they see. So if you're telling them, look, the reason I can't offer you £75,000 today, Dave, is because houses on the street are only worth 70 or only worth 80 and I need at least a 20% margin for my business to work. So my offer doesn't coincide with that. Plus, you've got no kitchen and you've got a shopping trolley in your front garden. You know, th there's a bit of work that needs to be done. I know you want 80. I know, fr you know, Frank's over the road, so for 80, but, you know, he has a boiler and a driveway. This is, you know, that's why it's over 80. Can you see the difference here? Show them the reason, explain to them. Don't just tell them, explain why you're making your offer. People believe what they see. And another phrase I know Laura's going to love, pitch on your feet, closing the seat. Okay, so when you're, doing, <laughs> when you're doing the walk around and you're doing the sale, so you're doing the sale and you're getting information, you're getting to know, you're building up rapport with the vendor. When it comes time to close the deal, sit down on the sofa or wherever and do not stand up and be prepared and always, always have a pen. If you go to close, you go to sit down to close and a vendor's got to stand up to go to the kitchen to get a pen or you've got to go back out to your car, squeaky bun time, you'd lose the deal. <laughs> you need to make sure, be prepared, okay? It's as simple as that. Always have a pen, okay? Practice your pitch. Practice your pitch. Practice it on your partner, your, you know, your mum, your dad, your brother, your dog, your cat your rubber plant, whatever you need to practice or in the mirror while you're driving, while you're brushing your teeth. I'm not a massive fan of practicing your pitch on potential leads or potential investors because, you know, you don't, might not get many of them yeah. um, in a week or a month. So practice your pitch everywhere else. Great place to practice your pitch for creative strategies, taxi drivers. You tell a taxi driver that you can control property without buying it. I've never met a taxi driver that doesn't own property. Never in my life. <laughs> have I ever met they all own property and they love talking you're in the car for five minutes practice your pitch practice your elevator pitch yeah what is it you do for, they will always ask you so where are you off today what do you do for a living get the get the conversation onto property and just say well I'm in property I'm just studying this new concert at the moment you know have you heard of lease options no what's a lease option so a lease options basically to that and then go into your pitch it's a friendly way you know little things like that start telling everyone about what you do as well 
you know, practice it in the hairdressers. You've got a hairdresser, you know, if you're like me, when you're in the seat, dealing with this absolute mess, you know, <laughs> in, the, you're in the seat for a while. So, you know, practice your pitch on them, you know, just pitch and do, 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 do different things, you know, say it in different ways, practice your pitch. So when there'll be a topic, everyone has got a favourite topic on something, whether it's football, netball, you know, cross-stitching, whatever it is. And when you talk about that, it just flows out of you. This, I'm able to regurgitate this information because I've had thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations, you know, over and over again. And I've practiced it, you know, in the mirror, whatever. I'm always, <laughs> I'm always, always, I'm still to this day practicing my pitch. So it just means that when you come, and then one day you'll be in an appointment, they'll ask you a question. So you've studied, you've read your lease option, you've read all the paper and all the contracts, you've been practicing your pitch. A vendor will ask you a question, you'll just go, blah, 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 blah. And you'll be like, Jesus, that was sexy. <laughs> just like, all of a sudden, it just comes out of you. And it's just like, wow, I'm pretty good. I'm going to run a webinar on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so practice your pitch, okay? Uh, very important. The next one is ask the question. A lot of people don't ask the question. I guarantee that a lot of people out there have done, you know, flips, buy, refurbish, and, ref you know, flips. And they could have done assisted sales just because they didn't ask the question. So, you know, be sure to ask the question. Um, don't be shy, but you can just know how to ask the question. That relates into practicing your pitch and knowing your product and also being a private detective. So being able to ask the question, the first three help you with number four. Make contrast offers. Always, always, always make contrast offers. So look, Dave, I'm going to offer you £65,000 today. Can't say £65,000. Okay. I could give you seventy-two if you're willing to wait. What do you mean, wait? Well, what I'm willing to do is I think this property could get a little bit more if we put in a new kitchen bathroom. Da -da. By the way, you know all this before you go round. Don't be trying to work this out on the appointment. You know all this, you know, follow the points, one, two, three, four. Um, and just say, if you're willing to wait a little bit, I'm going to come in and do the work. I'm, I'll make sure I'll get you 72 for your property. Can you do that? Yeah, can absolutely do it. I'll put the paperwork in place. Property stays in your name. I'm just going to come in, do the work with my guys, um, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Um, when it goes through, we all get paid. Okay, brilliant. Now, just so you know, Dave, if it sells for everything over above 72, obviously I'm spending some money on it. I get to keep everything over and above 72. Are you okay with that? Go on then. Oh, no, I'm not sure. 75, have the conversation. Okay. Disclaimer, if you offer 65, make sure you've got the 65 to buy it. So if they say, yeah, I'll accept 65, then you've got to come up with the 65. So before you make a contrast offer, make sure you can deliver on both, all right? Now, if you can't deliver on the 65, offer 40, okay? Offer something that he absolutely cannot accept, but always, always make contrast offers. Cool. Very, very powerful tool. And it's a great way of getting a lease option, assisted sale, deal trade, whatever, okay? It's a great way to get it. You get the motivation out of them. Um, you don't have to be creative to implement creative strategies for anyone sat here listening today saying Andy I'm not creative don't worry I don't particularly think I'm created I just stick at problems longer yeah okay I don't really think I, I'm great I understand how to use creative strategies I won't say I'm very creative but you better know that I will stick at a problem longer than all of you combined it's just that simple there's so many times the guys have just like I'm done work walk away from this deal let me know if you do it and i've done it i've got the deal done i was like i don't know how i did that i don't know how i had the patience for it I couldn't deal with that guy the property was wrecked i just stick at problems longer 
look, I'm not, I don't flog a dead horse. I know when to walk away from a deal. But if I can see buying and if I can see huge value in a deal yeah. and it's just gonna take a little bit of work, uh, you, I, you better believe I'm all in. So don't worry, you don't have to be creative to invent creative strategies. Just be willing to work hard on the problem and work with the vendor. Understand your product, practice those, you know, five things above um, and you'll do well. And that's it. I did put Q&A at the end, but that's just the last slide anyway. So, yeah. That's I'm it. just having a quick, to so see if um, we've got any questions. Just bear me one second. Oh my gosh, we've been on an hour and a half. No, we have not. We have. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, everyone. When In fact, mean? if anyone has got any questions, because I'm very conscious of your time, <laughs> um, just pop them in the comments and either I'll try and answer them um, yeah. or Andy. I'll jump in. I'll jump in the comments and answer them. Happy to. Yeah. Cool. Well, More thank happy. you so much for your time. That's been amazing. I've got loads of value from it. I'm sure everyone watching or who watches it afterwards on uh, YouTube, in the Blue Up community, if anyone wants to know anything more about Andy, please, um, I will put some links in the comments about Blue Oak. Obviously, I've tagged it in this post. Um, it's a great community of people. I'm interviewing your uh, fellow director tomorrow, Mr. Rich Liddell. Um, oh, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> um, I'm Rich sure there'll be loads one. more content from him. So, yeah, and there's also Paul Smith. I've known Paul for quite a while now. Um, amazing guy, very knowledgeable. He's got a lot of things in his toolbox that I actually didn't realise. <laughs> oh, yes. About nurseries. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, three are a formidable force. And, yeah, jump on to Blue Oak and get in touch with them guys because they have got so much knowledge and experience behind them. It's um, truly inspiring. Very, very yeah. nice of you to say, Lord. Thanks, very mate. Nice. I really appreciate this. You are always, always welcome, my darling. You're a star. Okay. Uh, new from the live so thanks for watching everybody thanks guys